everything from Ken and Karen carry guns to car hit citizens in Seattle. America is officially unhinged. Let's jump right in. So, on this episode of Saturday Lunch Boys, we've got federal police hijacking people off the road. Some might say that's an issue. Some are big fans of Trump. So uh, what do you guys think? Is this normal? Is this appropriate? Is this how you deal with the mob? It is a way to deal with the mob. It is a way. That's true. It is a, I don't know if it's the way, but it is a, a way. Jake, so your I guess thoughts. specifically we're talking Portland, right? Yeah. Is so Portland I'm like, our case study? As it has been for so many things. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty ignorant on this one because I've been busy all week. Uh, so is this based off of like the Chaz thing and like the protest? Is that what they're responding to more or less? There is a group. Yeah. Um, the name of which let me uh, let me check real quick. It's something silly. Uh, it's the Youth Liberation Front, I think. I think that's what they're called. And they've been, quote unquote, sieging Portland for like 47 days or something like that. And all that means is that they've been showing up for like two hours a day, usually like at the wee hours of the morning and causing a ruckus. Blocking traffic, the the like. So this this partially got started because there were some federal buildings that got defaced. Okay. So the Department of Homeland Security is like, would you like help? Because we don't like our buildings getting messed up and you're not doing anything about it, which I think is a very reasonable thing to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And then Portland's like, no, we've got this under control. Day 47. DHS is like, (laughs) so (laughs) do you have this under control? And they're like, if you come here, we will be very, very unhappy. So on the one hand, Colin is like, I agree. If mayors are incompetent, you do need to have some sort of order. And there is civil unrest across the entire nation, right? So this is uh, the case study that we're talking about, but it looks like Atlanta has had some issues. Uh, Minneapolis still has issues. So federal government's going to come in supposedly to just uh, protect their own property, which also kind of a gray area, but technically that's safe. It's federal property. Problem. They start to pick up protesters off the street aggressively, which I don't know if you guys saw the footage, but they're in full military fatigue and they just take people and put them into like a minivan, which I thought was confusing. It's like a Dodge Caravan from 1997. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And they just whisk them off to a penitentiary of some variety. Uh, They don't talk to them for hours, according to this one individual. And then later they throw them back on the street. No paperwork. The guy doesn't even know, is he being charged with anything? Okay. I think they mentioned, too, that there was, like, they asked him if he wanted to waive his Miranda rights to answer some questions. And he said no. That's fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Do you want to say some stuff so we can convict you on it? Do you want to give up everything that makes you an American citizen right quick so that (laughs) we can uh, achieve some end goals here? (laughs) Pretty please. (laughs) Uh, well, that's kind of. I feel bananas. like this is Ryan's nightmare. Like, uh, like we are literally going down the dystopian future route. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm, I'm pretty pro. If the mayors are incompetent and stuff's getting destroyed, this is the system you've subscribed to. Let it happen. 
almost yeah. like especially in those states where uh like police got specifically told to stand down it's like there should be no federal assistance if you told your local law enforcement to not do anything like that's completely on you um i think it was whitmer uh, I think in Michigan was like, where's all the aid? And it's like, you let people burn the city down. <laughs> so you don't get it. You said any. you didn't want it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, I'm, I don't like that our money is being used to cover the incompetence of those police forces and those like legislative bodies. I don't like it. And plus the idea of, uh, I don't like local police just taking people, so I definitely don't like federal police just taking people. Uh, so my nightmare, it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, something that's kind of important, too, in that article that I thought was funny was the federal government was getting involved because government destruction of property was happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no one gave a flying you-know-what when it was citizens' property getting destroyed. Right. Which I think, like, beyond the fact that there's this weird infighting with governments, which is kind of what we're talking about, which is super weird anyway. But mm-hmm. even just the, again, it's just another glaring reminder that the state only cares about itself because when they took over that area, the Chaz or the chop, whatever they want to call it now, um, <laughs> in the middle of Seattle, everyone was totally fine with just people's businesses getting destroyed, people walking around with guns and shooting each other and like people getting beat and all this different stuff. Um, and they were just fine with it. But then the minute you start defacing government buildings, the government's like, time out, time out. I think you need more. You need, I think you need our help. And I'm like, wait yeah. a minute, guys. <laughs> Am I the only one, though, that's a little bit suspicious that these are all Democratic run states that the federal government is sticking its nose into? This seems so highly politicized. Well, it's because the conservative states, everyone's going to work. <laughs> and there's. Oh, pfft, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah. And there is. I just had a stroke of laughter. (laughs) (laughs) There's also a really important thing that's supposed to happen in November, which it might not, in which case Ryan's nightmare just got even worse. Um, Not a fan of democracy. Kind of like it. Oh, so you're just full on tier. So you're fine with... Okay. Let me me make my case. Let me make my case. Let me make my case. Let me make 45 more years. Let me make lifetime. Let me make all of a sudden the president starts to make America great forever. Okay. My case, my case is it becomes President uh, Ginsburg all of a sudden. The only thing that you're hoping we'd have another two and a half weeks. Um, Yeah. My case is um, a monarchy is much more preferable to a democracy. I mean, I'm on the same boat, kind of. Because if yeah. if we go my route and do like the secession thing and become like 30 to 50 s- small countries, um, political stability is necessary for economies to thrive. Like, imagine if Bernie had gotten the other nomination, then how are you supposed to start a business when you don't know if in six months it's going to be a socialist or like the pseudo capitalist Trump. Like you have no idea. So you, you're not going to invest money when you don't know, like if 60 extra percent of your profits are going to be taken away. Democracy sucks generally. And then if there's one, uh, or rather st- democracy sucks because it's just people voting your rights away as how I kind of look at it. And if every state or every country had their own monarch of sorts, 
uh, you could shop around and decide which one you actually like more versus the federal uh, that's government. That's not how monarchs work, but okay. No, but if you had, like, <laughs> if Texas had, like, a conservative sort of monarch... I really like the king of Austria. I vote for him. Well, your local king would say, to the gallows with you, sir. <laughs> no, what, I, what I'm saying, if it was more, more monarch-like versus this democracy that always is getting shifted around, if Texas was doing something awesome that you liked and, you know, whoever it was, Ted Cruz was the monarch, which... Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's hope, I, let's the, I think one of the that's not that's not like how that works though. And, and the, the bottom line is like one of the biggest issues we have with the with the country right now is that we were supposed to have fifty or at the time I think it was like thirteen. Um, I don't remember history class, but anyway, uh, you're supposed <laughs> to have education system, right? Who cares? Uh, I was homeschooled, <laughs> so all the things we discussed earlier they suck. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, 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 that's really how the country was supposed to work out is that each individual country or state was supposed to function as if it was its own country with a couple of protections and benefits in which they were united under the federal government. And so we've already gone so far away from what our initial thing was. And like, do I think democracy has its pitfalls? Absolutely. Um, Especially with the authoritarianism we're dealing with now and just the woeful misunderstanding of like our country's values from the right and the left, by the way. And a woeful misunderstanding of what a right is. There's a reason why in the Constitution it says our God-given, our inalienable rights. Doesn't mean you have to believe in Jesus. All the founding fathers were trying to say, (laughs) um, all the founding fathers were trying to say is that ultimately we have found that there's something, whether it be God or something else, right, that gives you a certain set of rights and it's outside of our control to legislate these away. So people have misunderstood that when you say I have a right to health care, that's not true because there is no such thing as health care if there is no government. So really those rights were designed to be whether there's a government or not, this is the value of human life, right? And I know today even that sentence is tough to swallow because, you know, well, it didn't count for black people. And I'm like, okay, like that's true. Uh, But that's because we can see right now in Africa that – as, as all that stuff with the child soldiers and the t- sex trafficking and things like that, is that because of racism? No, it's because if you give any man power over a state, he will oppress his people in some way, shape, or form. And so it really doesn't matter whether it's America with a bunch of white guys or Kenya or Af- any other place in Africa with a bunch of black people. If you give man power over a state, there will be oppression. But the bottom line is that like we were designed to be able to shop around different governments and different ideas at a local level. But the problem is the 2020 America that we have now, we, we almost only care about the federal level. Um, Mm -hmm. state governments are small potatoes. Our identity revolves around that, which is weird. Exactly. And that's, I think that's actually, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, Jake, are you agreeing or disagreeing with me? Uh, I'm disagreeing (laughs) with the monarch thing. And so it's like, so the issue that I'm having is actually, it's less about like how, we need to be able to say that, oh, well, healthcare is a human right. What I wish we had, right? And this is, you know, the idealism coming out in me is for someone to say, no, it's not. Now, you can legislate at a local level to have some type of healthcare system in your state that looks like this, but it's not a right. You don't get to legislate what a right is. Because that's the point of a right, is that the government cannot influence what is or is not a right. That's why gun control laws are stupid in this country, specifically because if, if we have said it's a right, then that means I cannot legislate the extent to which we get to exercise that right. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It's, uh, I, don't, <clears throat> I don't like it, like what you said about healthcare, but it is pretty true. I don't like it in the sense that like, it doesn't feel good to think of it that way, Real- but I think you are accurate. Real fast— 
I don't, because I agree with everything you just said, and I think that would happen if we had 50 smaller monarchies, like, around. Like, like think of England as how, like, they have sort of their monarchy. If there was 50 of those, it would be 50 smaller countries, and, like, California could be as communist as they want it to be, and then, like, Minnesota could be as libertarian as they want it, or I guess not Minnesota, more like in uh, Montana could be as libertarian as they want it to be. And I think you'd see the same thing. Um, and I don't think there's any more danger of a monarch becoming tyrannical than there is an elected leader becoming tyrannical. So to me, I think that uh, you would end up having a more preferable system and plus a more stable and consistent system, especially because the you know, public opinion changes on a dime. So you have no I, idea. I actually disagree because the... I mean, we've seen it throughout history that you could have a great king for a certain amount of years, you know, which, you know, say you become king when you're 45, 50, 60, mm-hmm. uh, and then now you're stuck with this guy for 40 years, and then he ends up like Joe Biden, and he's so senile, he's just saying stuff and, you know, talking about his curly leg hairs yeah, and how his, like, move. black kid's hairs. Yeah, yeah, but do you have to move now every 40 years? Because ne- after that king gets senile, then you might get a king that's a California communist and you moved to this place so that you could take advantage of these laws that were leaning towards liberty. And so then you move away from that place and then 80 years later, it either goes more and more into tyranny or it goes more and more towards liberty. Now you got to move back. So So I I, 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 I was going to say my only thing against that would be because right now, at least we, we have this illusion of choice. Like with a monarch, if somebody gets up there and he starts talking crazy, at least we can be like, that dude's crazy. I'm getting out of here. But now we're always like, oh, well, next election cycle, we'll vote and fix it. And it's never been fixed. Like, well, nothing like a monarch will say at the end of his life, life cycle, it's like longer. Like small, I'd rather I wait four years than 50 yeah, but years to get that crazy guy out. Know, at least you would know to leave. Like if you got somebody in who was like, that is not it, for me. I'm getting but out of here. But the difference is if, if uh, a monarch would be able to have the ability to not let you leave. You know, oh, well, I and, think that's that. Yeah, and that's like that's kind of like the big problem. Which, by the way, there are a gajillion different types of monarchs. I have a feeling like what Ryan might like is a constitutional monarchy. Oh, did because, I not say that? Because that's exactly what I meant. Oh yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you, you did not say my that. My yeah, bad. Because no. <laughs> the way you were describing it, it sounded like absolute monarch, which is uh, a hellhole. Oh um, no, my bad. I said yeah, I said like monarchy. England. I said like England. That's what I. That's what I more or less meant. I mean, uh, you so, like, I've I've got all kinds of things that are on the tip of my tongue that I want to say about them that I shouldn't on this podcast. Oh, I'm not a fan of them, but if we got Ron Ron Paul (laughs) as, like, the king of that one state, that'd be my thing. And then, in theory, he'd pass it to Rand. Because they're they're like a parliamentary... um, That's not the right word. I was about to say parliamentary monarchy, but... I guess technically they still fall under constitutional monarchy, I mm-hmm. think. Kind of like Japan. Japan's also a constitutional monarchy, right? Uh, they're doing grand, right? They also, don't have a, <laughs> they also don't have a military, which if you don't have well, a military they, industrial they complex. They messed that up. They messed oh, that yeah, up. That's their uh, fault. But still, if you don't have a military industrial thing. complex to feed, your people will prosper. <laughs> oh, very small right. mil- I mean, uh, welfare state, too. By the way. Well, but ah, uh, man, it's it's really and an incredible work ethic culture. Their GDP to debt ratio, though, is like four hundred percent. It's something absolutely absurd. I'm terrified for them for what's going to happen when this bubble pops. Uh, 
and they got there That's thanks true. to their government system. So I don't know. Um, in general, I think it's funny that you would bring up the monarchy concept because if you found the right king, uh, that would be a hundred times better than a democracy. Not to mention, I don't know if it makes any sense for us to believe we actually live in a democracy, uh, even in like the republic sense, mm-hmm. because there's absolutely no way that every person's vote is the same. Um, we've got too many corporations that run this show. And I think that even statistically, nine out of 10 times that a presidential candidate, as an example, has a bigger budget, they win. Uh, that doesn't seem like a coincidence. I mean, Mike Bloomberg spent more than any other Democrat. Clinton outspent Trump three to one. It doesn't well, always happen. Uh, in, the, in the past, like literally up until Trump, that was always the case. And it sounds like Trump was the one out of ten. I haven't looked into this a ton, so yeah, I'll, I'll take your word for that. But I mean, let's like uh, just to like revert back to what we started with. Although I think this monarchy concept is something that we should bring up uh, some other time because it is fascinating, and there's so many different types. Um, so recently in Georgia, so they've got this COVID situation, right? Uh, the mayor of Atlanta, <laughs> just Georgia, like has the COVID situation. By the way, oh yeah, they're the only ones because we know it's not real. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, So uh, the mayor of Atlanta was trying to make a mandate for wearing masks, right? And then the governor of Georgia said, no, you can't do that. And then I don't exactly understand the legislation behind it, but he made a quote-unquote mandate that other principalities within Georgia could not do that. And so now there's a power struggle, and it's a very strange power struggle. And it again appears to go along party lines, which I think is weird, and that has nothing to do with virology. Anyone else? Well, that that's actually, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's been the case for a lot of the COVID stuff, where, like, just somehow, um, you know the term, have you guys seen that the term anti-masker is becoming a thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but how <laughs> that's, like... Anti-vaccine or truther or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but have you guys noticed how that seems to be such a clear divide? Like, if you're a mask wearer, you're a Democrat. If you're not a mask wearer, you're a Republican. And I just want to know, why is that in any way, shape, or form a political stance? Like, why, um, with so many things relating to the virus, Black Lives Matter, these different things, it becomes less about ideology, and it becomes so much more about uh, bipartisanship. And, or partisanship, well, it is rather. ideology, right? Like, a, I would imagine, like, nanny state, that's leftists. Um, and they want to feel protected. And that's See, a I, right-leaning I, term, I feel like, to describe I, leftists. I, I, I so Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I don't agree, I don't think. I think it's turned it, because to agree me, with I think uh, the idea that it's a, a nanny state thing, I don't think it's a being taken care of thing. I think it's a stick it to them thing. To be like, oh, the left wants this? Because uh, to me, everyone... Oh, no, no. I'm saying like the the reason why um, people that lean left appear to be people that are like screaming at those that don't wear masks. They're pro nanny state. Yeah, but I don't think that's why. Kind of going back to like our political compass idea. Like that is the way that they view the world. But I I don't think collectively it. it I don't think they're like proclivities towards like bigger federal government or whatever is the reason. Yeah, for real. SAT word. Um, I don't think that's the reason they're leaning towards being more pro-mask than most like Republicans are. I think it is just say, 
like Republicans seeing Democrats saying wear a mask and then being like, I don't want to because they're saying it. And then Democrats leaning harder into the mask thing because Republicans say they don't want to. When in reality, we should be wearing masks because the asymptomatic rate is so high and like it's it actually helps prevent it. You know, if you are the sick one and whatever, I I think maybe maybe not because that's not how viruses and epidemics work. Right. I mean, I'm just going off of what the CDC, CDC says, which has always been right. Oh, sure. Yeah, they haven't <laughs> messed up at all. But, but like, given that that's what, and I've seen, like, private research firms say the same sort of thing of, like, if you're healthy, it doesn't help keep it out. But if you're sick, it does help keep it in. Like, I've seen them sort of say the same things. And I'm like, I'm, I don't, I'm not a doctor enough to know. But, like, there was a, uh, if there was a corona scare in my family... I would wear a mask just out of respect for the people I'm around. But if I'm healthy and like I have the antibodies, not a chance. I, but I mean, just uh, for the record, like when Ebola broke out, no one's dancing with masks. Yeah. Uh, you've got hazmat suits. The even let's make pretend like I think the, the argument, which this is a little bit of an aside. The argument is that like you can 90 percent reduce the spread. The problem with viruses, if it's as infectious as they say it is, mm-hmm. one small piece of virus, molecular virus, strand of RNA, is enough to now explode in a person, and you are back to square one. That's why it literally doesn't matter. Do you reduce it by 90%, the quote-unquote spread, or 1%? If it spreads, it spreads. It's a virus. But anyway, continue. And ultimately, ultimately, uh, a virus... Did I say this in the last podcast? Tell me if I did, because I talk to a lot of people a lot of time. Anyway, ultimately, <laughs> a virus does not want to kill you. Like herd immunity is not just good for us; it's good for the virus because any pathogen, its goal is to reproduce and to survive. Right? It's kind of, in some ways, you could think of it like an animal. Its goal is to reproduce and to survive. And so, we probably have so many different flu viruses on us all the time. But the flu has been around for so long that ultimately, even when it mutates, its goal is to decrease symptoms that the body shows against it and so that it can live and multiply in you without causing discomfort. Because as soon as it causes that discomfort, your body's going to want to expel it, right? Or raise the temperature to try and burn it out or whatever it is. And so ultimately, there's a part of me that, and I say this because, you know, I read some books in school, but. I guess I have to give the caveat, I'm not a doctor. But like, ultimately to me, there's also a side of it to where I, you don't, if it's not killing enough people that to me we need to react in such a way that it's bad for us to be exposed to it. Because if you're asymptomatic, you are in <coughs> fact not sick. You just are carrying, just like I probably carry and so do so many people, a strain of the virus that is actually good to spread around because it'll increase your antibodies. You're not going to show symptoms for the most part unless you have a comorbidity or something like that. What I'm not saying, by the way, just because it's 2020, don't go out and cough on your neighbor. I'm just saying that, like, from a scientific standpoint, as I understand it. I think you should. Go for it. But, like, from a scientific Uh, standpoint, as I understand it, it's good for the virus to go around. That's my pitch. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, basically. Like, yeah. Let me be your libertarian monarch, Ryan 2036. (laughs) No, but, like, 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 yeah, that's the deal. Although, the one thing um, that I would just mention, Jake, is that a Ryan... I'm sorry. A virus doesn't in and of itself have a consciousness. It's not a living thing, right? Right. Um, it's just a, this weird antigen that exists. It's very strange. But back to the government thing. So for whatever reason, it feels like leftists are into collectivism. 
Therefore, they want everybody to follow a particular rule. Conservatives appear to be, for the most part, uh, individualists. That's why they scream small government, which is, we know, not 100% the case, yeah. but that's what they like to believe, mm-hmm. right? So the small government stance is, I don't need the government to tell me what to do. Yeah. The leftist is, we all need to do this, and we need the authority to tell us. Yeah. Um, but the weird thing is, why would a mayor start beef with a governor? I think this is just a strange moment in, in Georgia. History. I'm sure it's happened in the past. Yeah, in Georgia. It's a strange moment in history. Why? Like, what's the deal? Well, are are we not like in the same? Contest. It must be, but like, what's your end goal here? What you think you're going to become the king of Atlanta? Like, I don't know. Under my plan, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I I. I so think it's just trying like people playing team sports and saying like yeah. I need to score more and like. I wasn't trying to like veer us off into the Corona talk. I'm, I literally, it's ju- relevant. I literally yeah. just think it's one side saying like, I think this is the best way forward. And then the other side being like, just cause you do, I don't, I think that's a I, lot I mean, of it's it. Definitely actually. There. Yeah. That happens too, for sure. Yeah. And like once the mandate started coming out, I get how it became a political issue where it's like, I don't think you have the constitutional authority to tell me what to wear. Um, right. I, I think w- once that started or happening, to go. yeah, I, once that started happening, it was like, okay, maybe this is now a political issue. But before that, it was kind of like just people yelling, like, I disagree with you, not based off of anything, but how I want to feel about this. On that note, I wanted to ask you guys, is it not strange um, that like in Minneapolis that the attorney general was going after that couple with guns in their front lawn? That Okay, let's talk about that for a second because that blows me away. Yes, she was wrong to point the gun at protesters, but everyone calling them peaceful protesters did not actually watch the thing. They broke down the gate of a gated community and just were walking on their property. They're not invited. It's private property. They're not allowed to be there. You are allowed to defend yourself. If that's the case then, then is it wrong for her to point a gun at people who are on her property and she does not want them to be? I I would argue, especially after seeing the videos of them burning down cities, uh, and like grant peaceful protesters and rioters are different, blah blah blah. But they are being lumped into the same thing in like the mainstream. And they were all social distancing, and they were all wearing masks. <laughs> if she was just trying to shoot and the virus. Any surge in COVID cases, nothing to do with them. <laughs> True, uh, but like I just Memorial Day barbecue. I, I if I was the. <laughs> If I was the judge, I think I would have thrown it away because they they broke down the gate to a gated community. Like you're not allowed there. It's trespassing. They're on private property. I don't I'm not a lawyer, but to me, she seems relatively within Both of them are, which I think is the yeah, ironic yeah. part. I like to me, both of them seem relatively within their rights to stand in their private neighborhood and being like, Hey, you're not welcome here. But Point, my question is, it, why maybe, is the attorney I, general I going after them? Did you see they got their guns t- taken from them? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, oh, they yeah. had a warrant to confiscate that. They've been um, confiscated. Like, is this not a huge constitutional issue? Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, so that's why, like, I feel like it fits into this um, this conversation. because So we go from Portland, federal agents uh, essentially kidnapping people. Mm-hmm. Then we've got governors and mayors kind of trying to undermine one another which is interesting. And now you've got an attorney general going after um, citizens. Yeah. 
And uh, like, what are, what are? I'm super okay with him standing in his lawn with a rifle and her with a handgun. Super okay. With, I my brain gets a little twisted where if you're gonna point the gun at something, you have to be ready to kill it. And she wasn't ready to kill everybody. Like obviously, she wasn't gonna yes, just start. Yes, they, they brought the people. guns out in a threatening way, not in a I mean business way. Which is well, but it, like I, I more almost often than not, mean, I think the 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 idea is that when you present it, that's supposed to usually thwart most threats. So you'll notice nobody got in their grill, right? And then yeah. there was another protester that like punched an old man in the face that had a bike. Yeah, uh, this was a couple of days ago. There was some footage on Twitter. Um, so that. you'll notice that I bet money if that uh, old guy had a gun. Nobody would come within five feet. They would social distance from this man <laughs> uh, <laughs> if he had a gun. Right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just super torn because, like, if somebody steps on your property and is, like, getting closer to you and you, like, you go from carrying it, like, pointing it at the ground and then go to point it at them, like, as they're approaching, like, I think all of us would probably agree that that's, like, the next step in intimidation almost to, like, get them off. It's right? not almost nice it's but, but like neither is, is what you do neither is storming well, somebody's yard I, but when it I, yeah, when yeah, it's exactly. like I, i'm i'm super torn on whether or not because like i saw the video of them like going to the front of the community and being like they took this metal gate down they're not being peaceful that's like destruction of property right there they're not invited here i'm super torn on like is the is your community your property enough to threatenly threat uh in a threatening manner point a handgun at a bunch of quote peaceful protest did those I, protesters get on torn. their property in theory That's the yes main question is did in, they get because on huh in theory like if it's a private private community and they're paying hoa fees like in some sort of like libertarian sense that is at, like if it's not their property it's like two steps below that did the protesters that, you know? get on like their front lawn like their property I don't not think the community so, no. that they live in and ascribe to did the protesters get on their lawn and start walking towards their house while on their property you see what no, i'm saying but i'm i'm like still they, even torn even if they're on the sidewalk in the street after they've broken in it's like i'm still almost torn on whether or not you're allowed to be like i'm willing to use force to get you out of here i'm i'm Half torn. Well, the I think the there was one. There's a little bit of context that um, in an interview with the man, mm-hmm. which I think everyone is. Uh, he's called uh, Kent now. Yeah, is that Ken and the, Barbie or something, or yeah, Ken yeah, and yeah. Karen. Yeah, um, and what he mentioned was that there had been so many other houses that had already been torched. Yeah. Um, so that already sets a precedent, and there's a context to this situation. Yeah. I think that, like, let's make pretend it's the year 2012 and somebody breaks down your gate to a neighborhood and starts walking down the street. That's a different context than right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, because so, they very well, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, if let's make pretend they didn't do that, that the mob would have been much more aggressive and who knows what could happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm in the mindset that you don't go into people's property no matter what unless you're invited. But it's also like, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know, like, I, I don't know if you had oh, to yeah. hear For me record, say that. I am a lawyer. Yeah. I'm definitely a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, yeah. but... Uh, this I'm is just, financial advice. 
there is that precedent of watching hours and hours of people under the guise of like this movement torching city streets. So it's like, and now you're next to my house. You're not going to be thinking rationally because you're just picturing where your kids live and play getting torched. So you're going to come running out with whatever you have. Um, and not to mention the people are not thinking rationally. Maybe getting, maybe for her to get charged, but then to get it taken away. In that interview, did they see people get their houses torched like in their own neighborhood? Or was it no, like... No, it was like within, in Minneapolis. And I think that they were also, um, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody that listens to this, but I think they may have also been referencing uh, some of the protests in the past, like the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. All right, so let me take a stab at this, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I am a gun owner. And there is a, uh, an amount of um, responsibility that people who are diehard gun owners would take in a situation like this, okay? If they broke down the, the gated community, that's not your property. So you are not to take defensive action in any way, shape, or form. You do not brandish your weapon unless you are ready to shoot, okay? And in the video, in the video that I've seen and the, uh, the pictures of the lady, which are kind of hilarious, um, yeah, she clearly is not ready to fire this weapon. She doesn't know how to if use it. If she were it. to pop that off, it would have fallen out of her hand. Yeah. It That's either would have fallen out of her hand or she would have hit herself in the forehead, right? Yeah. So now what I do think, though, is that in, with the context of things that have been going on is you should gear up once they've broken down the gate to your community. So grab your gun. He had like an AR-15 or something like that. Um, grab your gun, grab your handgun, and you sit in your front door and you look out the window and you wait. And if people start walking towards your property, not not wait in the sense of like I'm going to jump you. Let me finish. Wait, wait, is but that, I mean, are you saying that they should be inside? In like or on the property? I don't care. The bottom line is if they. I think the idea is that they need to see you. They need to see yeah. that you have it. I think that's the right. Idea. But yeah. I'm not. I'm not as a gun owner, and I think most gun owners would agree. Right? Gun owners who are responsible gun owners. That I'm not going to show you my weapon when – because in some ways, in some ways, especially with the culture of guns that we have today, you could potentially provoke a reaction even if that reaction is not violent towards you. You know, you could provoke a reaction that's not good just because you're like, woo-woo, you know, looking like Yosemite Sam in your front yard. So I would sit in my house and it's be like, don't – you're not stepping on my property. If they step onto the property, I will then exit my house. I'm not going to point it at you because I'm not ready to kill anyone yet. And then say, you guys need to leave and or else I'm going to call the police and they will see that I am armed. And it, But you see what I'm saying is the point I'm trying to make because I, I really want to finish I mean, this thought. I, I really want to freaking finish it, this thought. Yeah. Is that like is that like the point I'm trying to make is that they're, they skipped a lot of steps to showing their weapon and then people didn't get on their property. Now, if people get on your property, that is when your weapon can be brandished but not pointed because there's a lot of steps with this when you own a gun. And, and then if they continue, that's when you need to be ready to shoot. These people were waving them around with, in my opinion, didn't seem like they had any intention to fire. It was purely a tactic to say, get off, get out of here, right? Those people weren't welcome. They weren't peaceful protesters, but just from the gun owner's standpoint – as I'm not going to show you my weapon or stand outside of my house with my weapon unless I'm ready to use it. So devil's advocate, in, in your situation, let's just say for this conversation right here, 
their intention was to walk into this wealthy neighborhood and torch buildings. Let's just say, which like based on videos we've seen is not an unwarranted fear. If you just see a mob of uninvited people breaking down the gate, like can we agree on that? That it's sure that it's not warranted that to be afraid of it. No, no, because that's the same thing that creates racism. And as a black guy, I resent that. Not you, but like just that idea. Because just because you've seen a group of people consistently doing a thing doesn't mean that those people do the thing. So just because you've seen people break torture down vi- a gate, though. If they were already they violent. But that's like the, the, the thing for me. Right, but they weren't on my property. So that's when the gun owner thing comes in. But I'm not going to make an assumption if they haven't torched a house in my neighborhood yet. Or just because I've seen videos of some other place in my town where people have done a certain thing doesn't mean these people are going to do that thing. So I do think that the media was too kind to say these are peaceful protesters and like the millions of people on freaking Instagram going peaceful protesters. Like you guys are idiots. You clearly don't read the news. You just share posts. Um, Mm -hmm. But so I think from the gun owner standpoint, that's where that comes in. But from the, oh, protesters, you're just going to do this thing? I disagree with that because that's the same type of mentality that makes it so that people treat black people differently uh, because they've seen black people can consistently over a period of history either be painted as, shown in the news as, or doing X, Y, and Z. And so I'm not going to do the same thing to a protester. That's just the same thing that gets me in a pickle when I get pulled over. So I'm not going to do that, you know? Yeah. So I guess I'm saying – because you saw they weren't if you're living in that sort of area you have an expectation that everyone in that neighborhood is either your neighbor or somebody your neighbor invited and when you see a bunch of people with signs walking through you already know that they've been violent so to me that's an automatic disconnect from these aren't just protesters they have the potential to be violent so let's just say not only that like they they as does every person Uh, but uh, but agreed but like I think a mob is, and like one, to me, a protest becomes a mob as soon as violence is initiated. To me, I think that's my line. Um, So let's just say for the argument, let's just say that they did have the intention to go into this neighborhood and torch buildings. Just for the argument, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying they did, but I'm just saying, let's just say that that was their intention because from the if you're waiting in, or even if you're standing on your front lawn, you can't tell until it's basically happening. There's like three seconds before they pull out a Molotov cocktail out of a backpack, light it, and it's in your window. You have two seconds, you know, before that happens. So if you're waiting inside and you can't do something until somebody's on your property, if somebody's running at it, and I don't know how big their lawn was, like maybe you have four seconds before your house is on fire, but if you're standing out there with a with a rifle, it is kind of saying, if you try something, you're like this is the last thing you're gonna try. And I I think waiting inside when a violence by a mob has been initiated on your community, you know, and like granted, not the oh. worst thing that's ever happened, but it so has maybe happened. Let me go back and just say that. You're not going to point the weapon at someone until they've come onto your. I don't property. think you should point the weapon at them, but I, I also don't think I it's like unreasonable it, that that because these lady was probably like, yeah, it would the, the, the woman was the woman was the man wasn't. Hey, hey, Jamie, can you bring up the video real quick? <laughs> but um, I think real, real fast, when you look at the video, real fast. I think the woman was acting irrationally because I think all of us, I think every other person would have, you know, like, and not not saying every other person, but like. One out of two people would probably, if that happened to them, 
would start freaking out because I know I would. And I might accidentally point a gun, and I'm not saying it was 100% an accident or something, but given the context and given the video, like, given the videos they've probably seen, they're gun owners in, like, in that area. They probably watched Fox News, so they've probably been kind of brainwashed into it. I'm not saying she should have pointed it, but I am saying I don't think them standing on the front lawn with it as a first response is a bad thing. I think that's probably also, like, what they should have done. I don't know if it's fair to say that they pointed the gun. The woman did. In the same, uh, was, or were they just being haphazard? The, the guy was pretty good about it, like, having, like, finger off trigger, like, pointed either up or down, you know, not I mean, at I, people. It, it looks kind of inadvertently, like, it's bad etiquette, for sure. Um, but I just wanted to point out, too, I just Googled it for fun, mm-hmm. just to see if I can get some footage of um, that situation. There is a private street sign that says no trespassing. Yeah. Um, there, that is a very indicative of that situation because when the moment somebody trespasses, that is already an act of aggression. Yeah. Um, so I would agree that it's not, uh, intellectually nice for them to make any assumptions given off of everything that they've seen on TV. Right. Yeah. That's rude. However, when you do watch the footage, uh, that is an angry mob. For yeah. sure. Okay. There is no question so about can it. So can we agree on this then? People break down your gate. Mm-hmm. You get your guns. You step outside. You stand out in your front lawn. Finger off trigger and let them pass. I, uh, yes. Oh, I mean, there is appropriate, there is appropriate way to brandish your weapon. Yeah. Like these people clearly don't practice. When, they, when people say that they were pointing at the mob... I don't think that they weren't pointing like you point to shoot. They were pointing because this is probably the second time they've picked up their gun. Yeah. Does that make sense? And and to go back on my point when I was saying I was torn on whether or not the lady was doing something wrong, uh, I I think there's a legitimate excuse to be like, I didn't know if I was going to have to buy a new house the next week. Like I was very afraid for my life because my guarded community got broken into and I've seen these videos and blah, 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 blah. Um, not saying she should have, but I'm just saying there might be more of an excuse than people are giving her credit for. Um, you don't point unless you're willing to shoot. 100% agreed. 100%. But I also think for the people who are saying, well, clearly they were just peaceful protesters. They should have let them pass. Oh, well, that's uh, a load of bull. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't agree with that lie, at all. An Instagram lie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Very but I can, interesting, I can, lunch boys. I can agree with you on take it out. I, I I won't agree with you on sit in your house and wait because again you have two seconds before a Molotov cocktail is lit and it's in your window. You can't even get out the door that fast, you know, to like intimidate them out of doing something like that. So I think being like having it clearly known that you're armed and like potentially willing to use it uh, is maybe a better early step than late. If that makes sense. Right. Can we agree on that? Oh, yeah, that's what I said. Oh, That's gotcha. what I said. Can we agree on, like, sitting in the front yard rather than sitting in the house? I recanted that. Gotcha. In the name Sorry. of the information that I was given. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> Wait, did you just change your position based on information? <laughs> yes, yeah, that, <laughs> uh, that is, you know, what I hope most people are capable of doing. Unless you're trained by Black Lives Matter people, in which they specifically teach you how not to do that. Oh, you watched that Dave Smith Pete Quinones thing? Sure did. 
We can edit that out, though, because that's not my own thought. That's me listening to another podcast because <laughs> now Henry's not in here. I quote people all the time. It's fine. And yeah, Henry's uh, computer okay. crashed, so Jake and I are just going to take over, I guess, for the next... He said his computer might be crashing, so I don't know if he's going to be back. Um, interesting talk, though. I enjoyed that. Oh, I did, too, quite a bit. I, it's my favorite thing when the lunch boys disagree because we all start from a position of liberty, so it's really fun to like rationalize our positions and... like. Yeah, my whole thing is property rights. So like it's it's a weird thing where uh how much do you own the street of your private community when like likely based on the houses seen they paid like fees for those streets very directly. So like how much do you own that and how much do you have a right to defend uh communally owned streets or something like that? It's an interesting kind of Rothbardy <laughs> question to dive down because their community if you think about it is very Rothbardian in the sense of like if you want mm-hmm. to have certain amenities in your community you band together you pay an HOA and that's yeah. fine um, and then HOAs will compete with one another to have a better market with which yeah. they will attract people to come and live there so yeah. I, I it is kind of like that weird that's one of the fun things about that specific situation because there's a lot of I think that the couple got it wrong from a gun ownership standpoint just because of that lady specifically. Yeah, um, she she was not a good spokesperson for the Second Amendment. <laughs> but there is also that question of like, it's an interesting thing to talk about regarding to how media paints situations because it was not peaceful protesters at all, yeah. you know? Um, and then it's an incredibly nice community and it was interesting to see the media really hate on those people specifically because like people were calling it like they came out of their mansion with guns. And I'm like, mm-hmm. guys chill out like these are not evil people they're just trying to protect their home yeah these people are trying to incite a class war and it's disgusting uh Mm -hmm. and it's just like based off of envy and jealousy which i hate so much dude work harder like i know that we have systems in place blah 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 that keep people down that's mostly the government we would argue um Mm -hmm. but like work harder to like not everyone has equal ability yeah, you know, dude. like that dude's a lawyer, which means at some level he's better at studying and reading books than I'll ever be because yeah. I'm just not good at that. And so he already was pre- uh, predisposed to have a higher income potential than I did. And that doesn't make me mad. It just is what it is. I yeah. am predisposed to have a better body than him. So it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it just is what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, the whole thing has been super interesting watching but i think this like attack on class has been really as somebody who hopes to be very successful in their life it's concerning because i feel like they're gonna cap us uh, not in the gun way but to be like you can't get over x amount of dollars a month or something i feel like that's their next demand almost not black lives matter specifically well, it is but- it is it, to the the far far left that is really is, coming out of the woodwork right yeah, now. Yeah, which is increasingly becoming less far. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is also scary. Yeah. Very interesting because I don't like it. they. I'm like, guys, you realize that so much of the things that you enjoy are because of rich people creating a mm-hmm. market by which you can enjoy those things. So even like your super communist kombucha drinking hippie is like, you realize that there's a market for kombucha. And because of the capitalist system, these people can create great booch for you to drink. Like, 
whether they make become billionaires or not is not really the point unless they create a global empire for kombucha. But the, you hear what I'm saying is that like yeah. if you remove money from people who are profiting off of your need or your want, then mm. all of a sudden the markets suffer. And now that even if you're not rich, the things that you enjoy gone. And so yeah. it's just like um, unbelievable to me. Uh, me and uh, my girlfriend were uh, listening to that Dave Smith, Pete Quinones thing um, on the way to a gig yesterday or two days ago, whenever it was. Um, mm-hmm. And listening to that Marxist Black Lives Matter person, or I guess it was the Indivisible organization, talked about like, close your eyes and imagine a place where people are happy and people have all their needs met and people have like everything they've ever wanted, blah, 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 and like went down the checklist of like, nobody has once anymore and uh it's like the closest thing in human history that's ever existed to that has been due to free market capitalism uh yep. and that's exactly the opposite of what you want and it's just such a blatant ignorance of like and like what shattered my entire idea that socialism could ever be workable was uh and this is like you know eight years ago or something reading in I think it was economics in one lesson that uh, one of the lines was uh, economics is the study of scarcity or something like that. And it's like, oh, there's just not enough stuff for everybody to have everything. It's like you have to oh, trade, wait, you have trade-offs and everything. Uh, economics is the study of scarcity what? Oh, just the idea that like economics is the study of scarcity and how resources should be allocated to combat that scarcity. Um, and like in my head, it was just like, oh, everyone always wants more than there is. So there's never a way to give everybody everything. So socialism and communism largely is unworkable because of that. All right. Henry's computer crashed and he's back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it feels like what? Thanks, Microsoft. This podcast was brought to you by Microsoft. Windows update. Go get a vaccine. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> for your benefit, we promise. <laughs> so, um, what were you gonna say, Henry? Um, I think I was gonna essentially say the, I mean, homie was holding it like from a hip fire position, um, and I imagine that neither one of them appeared to uh, be handling their guns correctly. The big question is intent. But there's a big problem with if you're not handling your um, guns correctly and you're just waving it like it's an extension of your hand, like you would a marker, and you don't realize that you are actually uh, potentially taking somebody's life. That's what you're doing with your behavior. That is a problem. That is a huge problem. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, th- I would have a way less of a problem with what she did if her finger wasn't on the trigger because I think I remember it was. I would laugh, though, if it wasn't even um, chambered. Oh, it was just like empty. <laughs> oh, by the way, hot take. There was um, this was when the riots were taking place initially, and the uh, National Guard was sent in. Do you guys recall the pictures of the National Guardsmen? Because they didn't have their magazines in their rifles. Really? And they were patrolling the street. Oh, uh, what? Hold up. <laughs> yeah. What? What are you doing? Jake, are you are you loading a firearm? <laughs> It does sound like it. Yep. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> it literally was. Oh, that's awesome.
awesome. I, so I just took the clip out and there's no round in the chamber. And I was just thinking about like literally if I like walked into a store with this, like people would behave differently. Which is funny that they, if just, those, they would respect you more. Right, well, <laughs> uh, as a black guy, they'd probably just cap me. But um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's not a hot take. That just is what it is. <laughs> I mean, Philando I Castile right. <laughs> had a legal concealed permit, and that Mexican police officer was like, "Hail nah. <laughs> oh, snap! Does it like nobody talks about wow. that story as much as they should? But that yeah. one makes me nervous because he said, "Sir, registration in there, also legally owned, legally concealed." gun also in there going to get registration he goes oh you see your daughter in the back in the back of the seat i'm gonna spray her with your blood with like six bullets literally that's crazy and his wife is sitting there next to him screaming as he's just dead and i'm just like that's what what the state does philando castile wow yep dang Mm -hmm. and it was not i think that one didn't get enough airtime because wasn't a white police officer i think that was the biggest reason it didn't get a lot of airtime this is my first time hearing of it. Oh, really? That's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, I also think because it was like, it had the gun thing, because then the media would have to advocate of like, not even like a pro-gun thing, but it would have to be like, he he was allowed to have it, and they just don't want anybody having guns. So, maybe they don't There's want There's a lot to. of confliction of narratives there. Is this yeah. not a white police officer, so you can't do the race baiting thing as effectively? Because um, they tried that with George Zimmerman, calling him a white Hispanic, which was just mm-hmm. just the most ignoramus thing I've ever heard in my life. It's a Hispanic white. <laughs> also ignoramus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a shade of privilege. Yeah. Right? <laughs> He's not dark enough to be oppressed, but we still called Asian people people of color. We don't, the world is made up. Welcome to Whose Lines Anyway. I mean, Everything's made up and the race doesn't matter. That's what the race is like. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, it stings so good. Yeah. Uh. Also, if anyone hears some low rumbles, um, there is a storm rolling in. Yep. So Ah, oh, I think that was that was uh, over here, like literally 20 minutes Same ago. Here. Oh, really? So You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... It's interesting, though, how, like, an unloaded firearm, though, is still a threatening thing for people, which I understand. But even this gun, right, is unloaded right now. And, like, just from a, like, as I'm explaining gun etiquette, I still, even though this is my gun, right, and I just unloaded it, I would not look down the barrel of this, right? So I just won't. Like, even though I can verifiably see there is no round in the chamber, the clip is outside of it. There's no way this thing's going to shoot me in the face. You will never see me look down the barrel of this thing, which is one of the reasons why that lady, like, pointing it like this at people, like, or at least in the vicinity where it could appear um, to, to, I'm sorry, my wife has a migraine. She just opened the door. Yes, ma'am? That's a really good point, though, by the way. What? Um, the, the idea that you would never look down the barrel of an unloaded gun shows the respect for what it is. I think anybody who would is just an idiot. It's like saying I would never stand in front of my car because I respect what it is. It's like, yeah, just don't do it, dude. I mean, it, I mean I'd mean, i be lying if I said I wasn't interested. <laughs> True. I want to taste that fender. What does the face of God look like? <laughs> well, I got a way to find out. It goes 65 <laughs> miles an hour. And... <laughs> 
Okay. Sorry. Wife has a migraine. She asked if she could have the bedroom. That's usually my podcast room. Um, okay. Do you want to start from the top? Yeah, yeah. Your so, like, point? Um, I would not look down the barrel of that gun. Okay? And so one of the issues I had with, like, that couple was, like, you know, that lady was haphazardly waving it around. Whether or not she was pointing it at people or not, to me, irrelevant because the amount of respect you have for that weapon means that – you don't when you hold it every every direction that it lo- that it looks if you if I can use that term uh, every direction that it looks is intentional purposeful and predecided mm-hmm. so that was a huge problem same thing with the guy by the way who was also mishandling his weapon because pointed at her a couple times yeah literally because he didn't have barrel pointed down that's one of the, with a rifle that's one of the main things if you are not firing it is either pointed straight up. Or it's pointed as de- far down as you possibly can because even if it's unloaded, nothing in the chamber, no rounds, in the, no magazine, no nothing. You don't point it in any direction in which it could be at a person, right? And so it's just like all these little things that in that video were so apparently clear to me that you don't know – you don't – you own this thing and you shouldn't in the same way that like a 14-year-old shouldn't drive a car. You, you just shouldn't. You know, you, you don't know how to use this. You don't know anything other than it goes blam. And the way you're handling it is telling me that. It informs me of that. Which I think it's interesting. The A lot of the coverage, I think, took off because of that, right? Yeah. Um, and the body language of it. Alternatively, there were two guys that were in a shopping mall. and uh, Sorry, a strip mall. And they were also brandishing weapons. Oh, best kind of they mall. they were using... Ayo. But they, were, they were actually they were actually using proper etiquette, and I think it's interesting that it wasn't inflammatory. It it serves the purpose, and they got almost no airtime at all. Yeah, mm. fascinating, very compelling. Yeah, I mean, there is the part of me that yes to everything you just said, but like you said, the. Barrel pointed down is the neutral position, and how neutral do you want to be if you think your life is directly in danger? Well, it's a millisecond away when you want to actually oh. point it where you want it to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If- yeah. But like, if you're like that scared, I can get how some of the like, like oh, if you're I mean, car- it's multifaceted, right? Like, their adrenaline's running through the yeah. roof. They're not trained professionals. Um, they probably did think that their lives were in danger. Yeah. Um, and you start to behave irrationally. Yeah, just yeah. like in the same and way if you're... If that's you're not like, an excuse, but... Yeah, if your car starts drifting or something, it. like, we're all relatively trained through, like, driver's ed, however trained you want to call that. But if, you're, if your trained? car loses control at all <laughs> and you freak out, like, most of us are still going to crash, you know? So, like... We're going to flip you, it. You, you lose, know, you're you lose all most training when yeah. you haven't been, like, a Navy SEAL, you know? So if your life right. is immediately in danger, which... You know, from their perspective, I can, if that were happening to me, I would assume my life was more immediately in danger than not. Because you have no idea what they're going to do. Right. You know? Yeah, and even that is kind of interesting because in driver's ed, you don't have to learn how to drive in snow. Mm-hmm. You don't have to learn what, what to do if your car does start to fishtail, if you take a turn too fast and the right. tires start spinning. Um, you don't have to learn any of that stuff. And so, yeah. Or if you're driving through a protest. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, it's like playing duck pins. 
Mm. And your luxury vehicle will send a woman to the sky, and it will be the most horroring thing you've ever watched. But the reason the luxury vehicle gets the airtime is because black guy was driving. And so it's just We're talking about the same thing, right? This was Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. It was a Seattle freeway, right? Made her starfish in the air. Yeah. (laughs) That sound was deafening. Oh, it was horrible. It's like a... And I remember just... It was horrible. Two people got hit. And uh, so one of them passed, and I think the other one uh, was critical. She may have passed by now. I think the one that starfished got was the one that died, right? She's de- Yeah, she's gone. Yeah. Holy frick. She went up like several feet in the air. Yeah. Like uh, it, it 15, was, it 20 was feet. It was to watch. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. It was right. just uh, really harrowing. Don't play in the street. <laughs> I mean, uh, that is a... Uh, <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate to be that guy, but generally speaking, like it, when I heard the story... Um, a person got hit by a car, and I was like, "Man, that is tragic." And then I was like, "Where was it? In the middle of a freeway?" Well, yeah. And like, granted, this, <laughs> the, like the freeway was—I uh, I keep hearing conflicting reports, but apparently the freeway might have been closed, even if it's Which is closed, to allow for protests, right? Even if it's closed, don't play in the street because that's where cars go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the same way, like uh, like a railway or a subway system. Yeah, don't go um, there. Electricity goes through there. Uh, yep, yep. Don't touch it. And like, especially if it's at night and you're wearing all black. Like, he's going seventy like, miles this is an the hour. Di- this is the dilemma of like um, the group behavior. Uh, there's like a euphoria that takes place mm-hmm. when you're in a big crowd, and like you often see it like after a basketball game or a football game or something like that. People start behaving otherwise rational people doing insane yeah. things, um, and this is just like an unfortunate byproduct of that yeah i mean i S- same deal by the way the people that broke down that gate i am confident if they were by themselves most of them would not do that oh for sure but then like you start feeling like you're part of something and it's like yeah we're really affecting positive change out here so let's go aggress on people's property it's, Boom. A, it's i think it's called like dis- it's dispersion of responsibility yeah. like the the moment that there's more people involved you feel as though you are not directly responsible for what's taking place and yeah. so you're more apt to do something it's reckless. very similar to the militarized police like local militarized police yeah when like all of this stuff started going out and they were giving them riot gear tear gas special masks special like all these different things that like usually you're armed with a handgun and you're in your car but then they give you an mp5 that's fully automatic or semi-automatic doesn't matter the bottom line is bottom line is you have an mp5 with a freaking red dot sight like you're gonna behave differently in the streets now than you would have if you were just doing your beat cop normal job you know, mm-hmm. right. and it's the same thing with these protesters. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, All the more reason why they should be more trained. More what? And you can't defund them. Wait, do what? If anything, spend more money so that they get some experience and oh, knowledge. more trained. I heard more tricked, and I'm like, what? Yeah, they need to trick out those cars. Yeah, um, need to have Batman cars for every cop. Big rocket engine in the back. Special <laughs> guns that come out the headlights. <laughs> Rubber bullets. Yep. Tase them in a drive-by. I see you smell selling drugs, and then just keep driving. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of nine one one, we just have bat signals. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And the cops start coming. (laughs) I'm down. Shoot, let's turn us into Gotham. (laughs) They don't have a crime problem. (laughs) Batman is private police, I guess, right? Is, is, Bat, oh, is Batman so, an example of private police? 
He's no, because he works with the police. That was a joke. I actually have. I've well, never read anything or seen any of the movies. I've no idea. Later, <laughs> only later does he actually start working with the police, right? Initially, he's a vigilante and he's against the cops because the cops want to capture him. I've got no idea. Well, then he gets buddy buddy with Commissioner Gordon, and right. Well, and it also depends on like which continuity of Batman. Like, are we talking like Bob Kane Batman DC back in the day? Comics, are we, we talking, talking like about... Christopher Nolan Batman? Are we talking Joel Schumacher Batman with the bat nips fighting over Poison Ivy? Like, there's a lot of different Batman right. continuities we can go with. Not to mention, I never fully understood the whole Superman uh, rivalry thing. Didn't understand. How how does that work? Like why? Batman fans are no uh, Batman versus Superman. Oh well, basically Superman as a storyline. I don't get how that happened. So Batman is uh, Batman is a doomsdayer basically, and mm-hmm. Superman. This is great for the podcast. This, you know, this, it's great. Right. Um, and so Batman Ryan is, is a doomsdayer basically, and so you have this guy who can fly. You can fire a nuke at him, and he's gonna survive. Um, and he can see through things and shoot laser beams from his eyes, and there's nothing he can't pick up and throw at you. So Batman goes, if that guy decides to not be virtuous, we're effed. So I oh, need to make sure facts. that he knows that one of us can kick his tail if he decides to not be virtuous. And so the movie did an okay job of telling the story, just made it boring. But basically Batman came up with this sweet bat suit and like kryptonite and like literally could have killed Superman. And it was the most awesome thing of like the dude with no superpowers just whooped up on Superman. What? So now I want to see the movie. Now I want to see it. The movie was worth it just to watch Batman beat up Superman. Like as a Batman fan, because he's my favorite superhero. I was just like. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. He's been my favorite superhero since I was a little kid. Um, but yeah, it was so awesome. I heard that. Yeah. Um, interesting. The yeah. Gotham series, by the way, um, on Hulu is, uh, very good. It gets so cheesy. Oh, does it? I didn't finish it. I, oh, talk, I, finished, I watched thing. every episode cause I had to cause I'm a Batman fan. Oh Super man, cheesy. it gets cheesy. Oh yeah. That's so upsetting. A lot of First just like lesbians that used to be straight and then they want to just like bang other lesbians but then they get jealous of certain lesbians because well, somebody killed somebody's brother so now you're not as lesbian anymore. Oh, it's I great. see. I've seen through this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very uh, high quality lesbian performance. Yes, very high quality. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we're, we're talking about Self-defense. Yeah. So. <laughs> Henry, you have made me cry twice on this podcast. That was... Ooh. All right. All well, right. Um, craziest part is, like, this saga is not over. Um, so I'd be interested to see how do we come up with a name for this so that we can easily come back to it because all these, like, legal cases are going to keep going forward. I was confused um, as to whether I've or not seen... you were talking about Batman or... Yeah, the oh, saga so is going to make the mental. <laughs> I, was, I was going back Gotham to the, season to the two. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I've read a lot of commentary that like the two people with guns are not going to face charges. Uh, I mean, it's it's a hard case to make legally. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in Georgia. Uh, it seems nonsensical, but we'll see. Not to mention, uh, was it is. What's um, Jared Kushner? Is that his name? Or is it the other Trump son? Baron, yeah. No, no, not that one. There's another guy. There's an <laughs> Imagine a 15-year-old Baron calling the shots. 
Um, I, oh, by the way, sidebar, best conspiracy in the world is that Baron Trump is a time traveler. And if you haven't looked into it, I would dedicate a whole podcast to that. It is fascinating. It is, by the way, no, no, you're laughing. You are laughing. But it, the case that is made for it will make you question I'd like the to thank all 15 of, of our listeners for sticking with us but uh <laughs> this is our last episode <laughs> it's it's so good yo i'm not even uh, kidding is, it's it's the best conspiracy have you have either of you looked into it at all i didn't even, even like, know this is a thing <laughs> jake this is our this is our last bad episode now we start the good episodes right now, <laughs> the now we get sponsorships no i'm not kidding the it's it's one of the creepiest um conspiracies because the the stuff that actually quote unquote backs up the conspiracy is like a hundred years old literature and that's what makes it weird mm. does there any conspiracy so, uh, about whether or not uh trump and ivanka ivanka are romantically involved probably i want to know I, more about probably, that conspiracy i i feel like that's not much of a conspiracy that's uh wishful <laughs> thinking one might say. Wishful thinking. Wishful. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was a left turn I was not expecting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, oh, these are all great topics. Mental note. <laughs> we will discuss these later. <laughs> yeah. We'll become the view of presidential candidates. Oh, and their, speaking uh, of presidential candidates, view. actually, kind of an interesting thing to think about is how Trump was basically running on an economy, keep America great, because apparently America's a lot different than it was when he got elected. <coughs> um, <laughs> sorry, that was that was actually just a hiccup for the right-leaning listeners oh. of the show. Um, <laughs> the hiccup is in, in history. <laughs> history felt the hiccup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but anyway, he was running on a great economy, right? Great. You know, an economy that was defined by the same, you know, bubbles that he said were invalid when he ran. But that's beside the point. Um, and then the coronavirus hits, economy gets shut down. Uh, by the way, and it's so interesting to see how much left-leaning media was against him and, and all the things that like, they want us to do now, whether it be mask wearing, staying at home, all these different things, um, until all of a sudden it became a left-leaning opinion. So that was a thing. Then we've got this race thing, which people want to say was ignited by Donald Trump because – so many people on their Instagrams. My Instagram, it's so fun to listen to, to, to scroll through it because the majority of it's Christians. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I'm pretty harsh on Christians, but you're dumb. And so it's interesting to see like, <laughs> <laughs> like how we just, <laughs> it's just how we sit there and Shots we'll, but we'll sit there and say that like, we would rather hate on Trump than talk about George Floyd. And then We'll sit there and, Ooh, and ouch. oh, it's it's just it's really apparent too. Like we yeah. we we have seen a prime example of the evils and the and you could say the racism of state aggression, and instead we're going to be like Donald Trump, don't forget to vote. And I'm like, guys, that doesn't change anything. BT Dubs, because we had like what six of these riots because of a black person being wrongfully killed under Obama and back then it was get a black guy in office it'll fix everything now it's get a black woman in office it'll it'll change everything and I'm like guys this tokenism and like this identity stuff is just not helping anybody so what do you guys think of that like how much do you think of the continuation of the coronavirus narrative when deaths are way down um, the continuation of this race narrative being specifically Donald Trump's fault, how it influ- how people are purposing it to influence an election. 
just to get a Democrat in, a Democrat that's all about, by the way, war on crime. Yeah. Um, I all think that stuff. Yeah, I think like everything every Democrat has done over the last, I guess, three and a half years now has been specifically to try to get Trump out of office. When like, really, uh, I don't think he's been that crazy. Like compared to compared uh, to what we I mean, compared uh, like from a he's been from crazy. a policy perspective. I Mainly on Twitter, he's been crazy. Yeah. Mainly yeah. on Twitter. I think so, like, what Ryan's saying, yeah. Um, like, people were saying, like, we're going to give this guy the nuclear codes. We're going to go into World War Three, And then, ironically, he's the only president that, that hasn't started a war in however many years. And has tried to soften tensions between Korea and Russia. Yeah, so, like... <laughs> and Iran. Well, that was a And, like, even, like, the immigration camps thing or whatever, it's like those cages were built by Obama. <laughs> So it's like he's just continuing things that... But they were built with love. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the promise and of hope and change. Um, they were dreamers. Yep. So, like, I, I, think, I think Trump is a lot more centrist on a lot more things than <laughs> people are like... Uh, that was a slow burn, Henry. It was a slow burn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, but I, I, uh. I think they have to play up all of this hysteria because he's not... Like on his Twitter, obviously he is, but he's not as crazy as they thought he might be. Guys, we don't live in a constitutional monarchy. It is the executive branch. There's only so much he can do anyway. That's what I think it's so weird. How are we pointing all the fingers at him? He's one guy in a checks and balance system. Mm-hmm. There's like, that's why it's insane. And clearly, it is a power struggle, kind of like what Jake was alluding to. Yeah. Um, it's purely political. Nobody, by the way, wants to talk about the dossier that um, allowed for the FICA warrants was faked. Nobody nope. wants to talk about that. So that whole first two years we were talking about Russiagate and all that stuff, turns out that was all based off of a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big question is, what's the motivation of somebody that lies? It's usually <laughs> not good. Yeah, and I think it's also kind of crazy. And like, there's a bunch of memes about this but i think it's a valid point that all of these people like schumer pelosi biden sanders you know all of them warren are saying how trump has ruined everything and he's been there for three years and they've been like they're a collective eternity it's like how is everything his fault versus not also your fault isn't isn't that funny it's always the president's fault these guys are career politicians Um, they've been in power for I don't know how many administrations forever now. and for whatever reason it's always the president's yeah fault. so it's just like I think all of it is just trying to grab that Which, office by the way like that goes the same deal for everybody on the right yep. side of the aisle um, a lot of them are career politicians yep. they've been really doing a stellar no, job they care yeah, about the that, that's one of the funny the things about that whole yeah that's like one of the funniest things about the whole debate to begin with is that as much as the Democrats right now want to say everything's the president's fault, Republicans do the same thing when it's a Democratic president. And it kind of shows you just how impotent the Senate is. Mm -hmm. Just incredibly so. And not just because they're old guys that want to bang young chicks with Epstein. I'm just saying that like... like, I mean, you know, dreams. (laughs) I'm just saying that like it's just insane to me that like... We will sit there and say, oh, well, country's going downhill because Barack Obama. Country's going downhill because George W. Country's going downhill because Bill Clinton actually wanted to do it with an adult instead of one of Epstein's children. Why do we judge him for that? Like, it's just like. I, I, both. But, <laughs> yeah, but the, the, it, 
<laughs> but like Lolota Express. I mean, she was over eighteen, but like the the point is, is like we'll sit there and say that the whole country is going under because of these people, and I'm like, guys, how long has polo? Well, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, I got you. We're gonna have to come back to how are these events um, being manipulated to serve political purposes. Uh, because there's so much to, to discuss on that. And not to mention, yo, the November is still a little ways off. I'm sure it's going to get so heated. Mm. I'm extremely excited for whatever the quote-unquote October surprise is going to be, which there is. The debates. Every election cycle. I'm so pumped for the Are debates. they going to happen? Yo, by, by this time, the vice presidents are already supposed to be debating, though. You're and right. like that's what makes me worried that we're not going to see an election. I, I think we'll see an election. Uh, I think it'll be rife with fraud because it's going to be mail-in. But I also think right. that they're going to use this to not get Joe Biden in front of Trump, in front of an audience. Because can that yeah. bloodbath, ah, as a fan of comedy, that would be the best special available. Oh, and Trump <laughs> Yo, already is like a comedian with his own people. He, yeah. he would, yeah. I mean, I think Donald Trump is an ignoramus fool. But the funniest president we've ever had. funny. Yeah. He is funny, and he yeah. kills in front of people that like him. He oh, kills. Yeah. Oh, Joe, it sounds like you didn't take your nap today. Yeah. We should wrap this up. Joe's about to fall asleep over there. You okay there, Joe? I see some drool no, coming he, out of your mouth, he'll pull Joe. A, he'll pull a Clinton and be like, <laughs> if you look in the front row, here's all the children you've sniffed. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That was so heavy. Dude. That was so heavy. Dude. Um, yeah. So anyway. Also, Donald Trump's from New York, and he's a gangster. And that was gangster when Yo. he did that. It's like, oh, you're running for president. You Here's can... all the women your husband molested. Like, oh, if, oh, oh. If you can, <laughs> if you can deal real estate in New York City up against the mob, mafia, like you're a hard Corker. dude. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. you go. <laughs> so anyway, follow us on Instagram, uh, the Lunch Boys Pod. Uh, follow us on uh, YouTube. Listen to the podcast. Tell your friends. It's gonna get spicy. Like I feel like it's we're we're just getting heated up. So it's gonna be good. You're probably never gonna listen to this episode. So it's all good. <laughs> the next one will go viral though. The next one will be a Corona AIDS version 2.0. <laughs> Ryan, you just edit. Yeah, you I got edit. you. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just give Ryan work? <laughs> I'm stopping the recording. <laughs> this is uh, the Lunch Boys podcast. C-SPAN 2.0. The book stops here. The gay club nobody goes to. <laughs> well, that's it for this week's edition of the Lunch Boys. Join us again next week as we watch the boys take one step closer to getting canceled. Bye-bye now. Stay safe out there. There's a lot of COVID. You might get it. You might not. Wear a mask. Or don't, who knows. But whatever you do, have a strong opinion about it.